It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bet you promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Happy Friday. The end of the week is here. We got some Bulls excitement tonight. We got a big event, a watch party at the Third Rail Tavern. So we got a lot of excitement going on at CHGO today. What's up, everyone? Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano, Will DeWitt with you on this Friday. What's up, guys? Hey, Adam. How's it going? Good. We also have Bears Twitter exploding. Yeah, what did you guys Man. do? I all I don't know. I I I all we did. We're gonna I, get into that. Actually, I don't want to even defend myself. This is how I wanted to start the show today. Will wasn't Will's the guy here that wasn't at practice yesterday, so he's the one who had consumed what came out of practice, and I want to get his take because I just want to make sure, like. I did I don't know? Did I miss something? I, I I'm a little caught off guard, but there's a lot of hate out there towards those of us who are at practice and simply reported what we saw. So, Will, are you, you want to hate on us? Please bring it. I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're supposed to put the blinders on and not mention what happened at practice. And obviously, I bring the fan perspective, but as Nick, you know, we've always kind of adhered to more like the professional side of it as well. So I got, you know, exactly what you guys were throwing down on Twitter yesterday. Like, it was just a poor seven-on-seven performance I don't know if it's just because some of the tweets mentioned like, good thing it's April and people read it with a different tone. Like that's the only thing I saw that potentially could be misconstrued. But even then it's misconstrued. It's not like you guys were harping on the kid. Maybe people want blame put like on the entire offense and not just Justin. I don't know, but I'm surprised that, you know, I was working on some other things behind the scenes here for CHGO. I log into Twitter and the whole thing was on fire. Yeah. I mean, here, Adam, I was thinking about it, too. And I was, like, up at 1 in the morning. Not not because of this, but just because I was up. And I was thinking, is there anything that we could have done <laughs> differently? And, you know, just kind of going through different scenarios. Like, we reported what happened, maybe. And here's what the conclusion I came to. It's like, could we have, e- like, easily put, like, hey, the defense looked really good. And that's, like, the headline. And then, as a subsequent, Justin Fields didn't have a good 7-on-7. Seven seven. But... Then I came back to it's like we still reported what happened. It's based off of the reporting that people just took it out of context, I think. It's like, oh, then you're basing the conclusion that Just Field isn't good. So and so then you go into a dark, deep hole of Bears Twitter where everybody hates the media now. And it's April. So we have the draft next week. But 
Yeah, so I, obviously we've been seeing all the comments and things like that, but you know, come come next week, I think people will all forget about it because there'll be all these draft picks in, and we'll all be good again. Look, no one wanted to see the offense look like crap yesterday. Trust me, nobody wanted to see that. Nobody is like showing up to practice going, oh, man, things have been too good the last two days. We got to stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, oh, there's one incompletion. Let's jump. That's not how it works. It's just not how it works. And you know what? I it, I did two bear shows yesterday between this one and the Hogan Johns podcast, too. And I don't even think it's really directed at us, quite frankly. I don't really know. Um, but regardless, whether it's those two shows or other shows or Twitter tweets that went out or uh, stories that were written, like I read everything. I If someone can show me one spot where somebody was like, this is a disaster or one one thing that was put out there that wasn't like Justin Fields and the offense did not have a good day today, but also it's April. So that context matters. I'm pretty sure every single person who was physically at practice yesterday and saw with their eyes, we all saw the same thing. We all put it in the same perspective, and then nobody is panicking. Besides and, Bears Twitter. Besides and then, Bears, yeah. and then and, and everyone's way, panicking. I also sometimes feel bad about like grouping things into Bears Twitter because hashtag Bears Twitter mm -hmm. is just a thing, just like hashtag White Sox Twitter is, and White Sox Twitter is crazy. Those streets are even wilder. Um, but it's not even fair to everybody on Twitter because not everybody's doing that. It's just a couple tweets here and there that start popping up. And it's like, I don't, I, I, I think quite frankly, the only one overreacting here is you. Right? <laughs> like, Me? <laughs> no, not you. Will. Not you will. <laughs> I was like, geez, I didn't even say anything about it. Guys, people just read things and they take it in absolutes nowadays. It just kind of happens. It's unfortunate, but people take the smallest thing and turn it into something. It's really, not and again, Nick, I think you hit on a good point where you know maybe the focus could have switched to saying like you know priority one, the defense looked good, which that's how I read it. Like, hey, Justin struggles, and I heard about like you know the fumble like the other day and the whole team corralling the ball and running it down the field. Like, I love that. Like, people are buying into what the Bears are building on defense, and I think since 2018, that side of the ball has kind of missed some of that swag, some of that personality. And seeing that kind of come back, at least what you guys have been able to share is exciting to me. And I would expect the defense to be ahead of the offense right now, right? Like 100%. Like, it makes no sense. Luke Etsy's figuring out Justin. They're figuring out tackles positions. He has receivers he's never thrown to. Are these even going to be the receivers he's throwing to come September? There's so right. many variables mm -hmm. here that, to take into it. And I would expect struggles right now. It is only three days. It's only the first initial baby steps. Which I think we actually covered that and said that yesterday, um, mm -hmm. and we did yeah. we, we did we did talk about the defensive side and how that was good and how uh, I I think I even said that my biggest takeaway from the three days was just how well the defense was taking to the hits principle and like regardless of the talent and maybe some of the concerns at some of the positions and Jalen Johnson not being out there like the hustle and the intensity was there. Uh, Preston asked, put it in perspective. How many plays did you guys actually see? Not a ton. Um, and that's part of it, we too. Had but I think part of what becomes concerning in just, again, one practice in April, which nobody's blowing out of proportion, it's the – it's and I think I said this yesterday, too. It's like when five snaps in a row all go poorly, like when there's a run on them. And so regardless of how many – whatever the total was, 
The thing that was different yesterday compared to the previous days was the percentage of plays mm-hmm. that the offense struggled. And it's okay. I mean, the, those days are going to happen. They're going to happen in, in August. And we're going to tell you when they happen in August, too. And we're going to tell you when they have good days. I said on Tuesday, I thought Justin Fields looked great. And when I said that, I also added the caveat. They didn't even face the defense. Like, you know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Like, there's only so much I can say about Justin Fields looking great and very, very accurate when he's going up against a scout team that includes half of them being coaches. You know, so nobody's overreacting here. It's just it, it wasn't a great day. And uh, I just it's it's all right. It is OK. And you guys, your job is to say or and what the Bears will allow you, which I know that's always, you know, limited uh, at best. But you see the limited action and it's your job to say what you saw. And you can't like turn a blind eye like, oh, Justin struggled. But that means there's nothing to report. You, you have to say it. Mm. Uh, and I get it. Uh, some people don't. And again, I think people just take the smallest things and blow them up nowadays. And it kind of is what it is. But I don't think anything was wrong, you know, based off of what you two did or really anyone else in the beat. And I see this comment here, AJ Lorenz. So Justin Fields looked like a tip, typically Iowa Hawkeye quarterback for a day. Okay. Well, wow. Yeah. <laughs> now that's, now that's, uh, <laughs> And that was five plays. It was five plays that happened, and that, that was it. But, again, you know, that's... I, hopefully we'll move on from this. And we will because the draft's next week, and this this random third day of voluntary minicamp will be done and over with, and who cares about it, and it'll be done with. Yeah. Um, someone said that's what practice is for. That's that's true. Exactly. You know? And that's what exactly. we're all getting through. But if we're at a bad practice, we're going to say it's bad. We're at a good practice, we're going to say it's good. That's just how it works, and uh, it's fine. So, But, you know, it, it's, I, I don't even really want this to turn into a conversation about, like, reporting versus fans. That's not even the point. It's just that I think the reason I we are having this conversation to start the show today really has more to do with just the idea of, really, I think Will's putting it in the best perspective. Like, this is going to be a process. It's going to be up and down. It's going to continue to be that way. And I – in I don't, again, I don't even think anything was directed at us. If anything, I'm defending some of my uh, our um, compadres who who report uh, on this stuff. It's just you got to be prepared for this. It's going to be a process, especially as Justin throws the new wide receivers, and there's probably even going to be newer ones that come. Um, like it, it's just going to be an up and down thing. And as we try not to overreact, like the same thing needs to happen with the fans until I think when we'll get to that point, like if we're in the third week of training camp and things are awesome, that matters. That's going to matter too, mm-hmm. in a very good way. And, and, and if they're same thing, like in, I think, I think it was on this show yesterday, 2019 Mitch Trubisky. Like when that got into like double digit practices and yeah. it's not going well. And I'm talking about in training camp. Then you're like, mm, okay, now is the time where this is probably should be a bigger discussion about it being a problem. I'll and you guys all know I think how all of us feel about Justin Fields on this podcast. So, um, it's just I get it. And if we get like later in in August or even now, and Justin does good, like we also would have to mention, like, well, the defense did not play up to the level that we you know we would expect out of them. They struggled as well. It's when one side of the ball ex- excels that means the other side of the ball is struggling. It's just 
give and take. It's how the game of football uh, is played. So uh, I appreciate, you know, you saying like the perspectives here is right. And really guys, like growth is never just like a straight line. It's never linear. Like that was like one of the early life lessons I had in my early twenties. Like you're not always going to just consistently get better. Like there will be dips. And then from there you have to kind of move up. It's like a up and down. As long as it's going up, we're in a good spot. Like overall, it's like the stock market. You want it to go up, there will be dips. But overall, as long as it's pointing up at the end of the day, like the bears are getting better and that's good. Unfortunately, it's the last day of mini camp, so now we have to wait a bit. Uh, but it is what it is. And, and I want to um, speak to my guy here, Lou, who's commenting. Um, and he's 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 upset because like we're not giving enough details from what we saw. And again, we kind of addressed this yesterday. Unfortunately, we are bound to the rules by which we they do not have to let us into practice at this point. The Bears I'm talking about, okay? So by letting us in, we have to follow certain rules, and we cannot give away every single thing that we see, unfortunately. That's just the rules or we're not let in. So it's frustrating to you. I get it. It's frustrating to us, too. Trust me. So I just wanted to address that because I, I get where you're coming from. If we're going to be critical of a practice and we're not specifically saying, oh, he, you know, led a wide receiver into a safety too far and put the receiver in harm's way. And I'm just giving a random example here, or he, you know, overthrew a guy completely out of bounds and what I like to call foul ball. I get where you're coming from. There's just some things that we have to, we have to go by. So again, kind of just setting the stage for um, some of the shows that we're going to have here going forward when we get to see practice and we're going to break this thing down because the great thing about what we're doing here at CHGO is we have these daily shows. And we're going to talk about this mm -hmm. stuff when we see it. And I understand the fans do not want to hear when it doesn't go great. But unfortunately, we're still going to talk That's about reality. it. That's reality. I also hope that everything goes great. And now we're talking about a 17-0 football team next year. Hey. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice, but <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we got a lot of fun stuff planned here the rest of the day. So let's put that behind and move on. We got NFL draft talk to talk about there was a while we were watching that practice yesterday uh our great co-workers on the chgo sports podcast were doing an all-time bears draft which you guys may have seen pop up in your feed um because if you it's on your podcast feed if you if you listen to it there it's also on our youtube channel make sure you're subscribed and uh, hitting those notification buttons and please rate and review the podcast as well uh if you listen to us that way uh there was an all-time Bears draft that we have to address. I have some strong thoughts on some of the things that went down. So we'll be the draft analysts here because we were not included in the draft. So we'll be we will be the analysts and, and break down what happened. And also, I hope everybody checks out that podcast. But right now, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. 
For the first time ever, you can build a perfect live NBA same game parlay only with points bet. Combine your favorite bets during the game. Boost those bets. Watch live, parlay live, boost live, all with points bet. An online sign-up is available now in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free T-shirt of your choice when you become a member. And you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows on every team every day. And so come join this amazing family. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, I see Nunu Johnson was asking, when when were these shows? You missed the last three. you got to hit the bell notification on YouTube. You'll get that notif- notification when we go live. We were at train- the, the mini camp. So, yeah, definitely do that, and you'll never miss a show. But come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. Also make sure you're following us on CHGO underscore bears because we uh, put the schedule up earlier on in the week. Um, and I don't know if we have that pinned, but we should have that pinned if it's not towards the top of the account. That way you can kind of keep track because next week's schedule is going to be all over the place with the draft. So we will mm-hmm. communicate that to you. However, 11 o'clock Monday is our show time. Olin Kurtz will be back. Everyone's been asking about Olin. Um, Austin says Olin needs to read an ad on Monday. <laughs> Frankly, I think for missing all the shows he did, he should have to do all the ads on Monday. All the ads. Can we challenge yep. him to that. I like that. I think so. Yeah, he's, uh, he'd be down. <laughs> all right. So let's um let's knock out our prospects for today, and then we'll jump into some of the uh, stuff I saw in the all-time Bears draft. And then towards the end of the show, guys, I I need to do an ode to a Bears player who's still a current Bears player, but probably soon to be former Bears player. Um, just guy doesn't get enough respect. So got a lot coming here. Uh, let's see. Who we, should we start with today? Uh, Will, you want you want to do your prospect? You want to start? Sure. You have the honor? And, and I'll keep it brief. Uh, I had a, a message from a really good listener of ours. Like, hey, your breakdown in that fifth round corner was probably like, it was too long. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we're going to – and that's the – Problem going first and not being on here every day. Didn't know exactly what we're looking for, but I'll digress. Uh, so for my pick here today, I actually did someone who I highlighted in my brand new mock draft on allchio.com. It is free uh, for everyone to definitely head over there. I traded down twice, gave the Bears nine picks to work with, and Ooh. I was really impressed and happy uh, with my haul. Uh, but with round five pick 148, uh, I went with uh, Bayless Jones Jr. He is the wide receiver out of Tennessee. Uh, as you can see, 43140. The dude is super fast. What I appreciate about his game, uh, he has that plus uh, run after a catch ability. He's violent uh, with the football in his hands. He fights through contact, and he's also uh, has really great vision to kind of avoid defenders, zigzag through them, and find his way to the end zone. Uh, he offers the Bears inside-out versatility. They can line him up outside, but a lot of his damage can happen uh, in the slot. Uh, he's a special teams guru, if you will. Uh, he's someone that can be a kick returner, uh, one of the best in the nation last year. He was the second best punt returner last year as well. Uh, and in terms of like what he can do on offense too, I mentioned a rack. That's something that the Bears really missed out last year. Mooney was good, uh, but outside of him, the Bears really struggled. I remember Eberflus mentioning at the combine, like, hey, we want guys who can make plays after the catch. We want Justin to get that ball out quick. Bayless Jones Jr. really fits that mold uh, to a T. 
Uh, the only concern I would have is the fact that he is going to be a 25-year-old rookie. Uh, he played college football for six years between USC and the University of Tennessee. But looking at this from like a humanistic perspective, like everyone has a different path. Uh, not everyone goes the same exact linear route. We kind of talked about that a little bit ago with the offense and some of their struggles. Uh, but the fact that he kind of stayed with it and is now able to kind of achieve his NFL dream to me is a testament of some of that resilience and uh, I guess this desire to be a difference maker at the next level. So I'm going to go with Bayless Jones Jr. here as a potential mid-round guy that the Bears can target at the receiver position. Okay, I like. I'm it. also going to go with the wide receiver, and very similar to your guy there, Will. I'm going with Bo Melton out of Rutgers. Guy's 5'10", 189 pounds. Not as he's just not as fast. Well, with a four three four, mm, but slug. that's still e that's still pretty damn fast. Um, but he was productive at, at Rutgers, and this he was a leading receiver the last three years there. And despite having inconsistent quarterback play at best there for Rutgers, and he actually left Rutgers with 164 receptions, um, 2011 yards, 11 touchdowns, which is six all time in receptions in the 56 games that he played third all-time so you know he can stay healthy there something that not all Bears players can say for themselves and he really made a lot of plays at the senior ball I didn't know Bo Melton going in when I was down there but you saw that that red helmet constantly with the football in his hands and making plays you're like okay you got to now mark and see who this guy is but yak yards after catch creator you see a lot of the big plays that he made for Rutgers it's being able to not only just catch the ball but keep that balance and then also find extra opportunities to get yards. So again, like you mentioned, Will, some of the bears just haven't had as of late. And he also does have that return and some rushing experience. He has 25 total rushing attempts for 165 yards, two touchdowns. He actually had some running back experience in high school. And he also has some kick return, punt return experience, 11 kick returns, 293 yards. The last two seasons, five punts last season, the thing he needs to work on, though, Will, hands, route running. I thought that he did have a couple of those concentration drops, and I think that's just because he's looking to get those yards after the catch. So if he can kind of find that balance, he can fix that area of his game. And I think he wasn't the most versatile in terms of where he was lining up. So kind of getting that experience of running different routes from all over the field I think will be beneficial at the next level. He is projected to go in that fourth, fifth round, but fits what the Bears are kind of looking for in terms of speed and productivity can i highlight real quick like the bear struggles with rack as well as like where melton uh, as well as jones kind of fit real quick yeah so absolutely. last year uh, out of 94 qualifying receivers who saw at least 46 targets the bears only had two guys qualify for this mooney was 25th in the league he averaged about 4.8 yards after the catch per reception and the only other bear was alan robinson who is 92nd out of 94 only 2.4 yeah that's, it just kind of puts in the struggles i know some of that scheme some of that's you know the bears offense in general last year but uh my guy valus shown jr today was fourth in, the, in this class with an 8.3 yards after catch per reception on average and then bo melton somewhere in the middle but still pretty good at 6.3 so all higher than the bears had last year and again like having some of these guys and in my mock draft, I went with another receiver early. He was my second pick. So I know some people are like, no, we need other taller guys. I, I got that taken care of. But just wanted to kind of highlight, like, some of these guys that Nick and I mentioned are giving the Bears what they're kind of lacking, what they're needing, what they're looking for. No, oh, it's a good point. Um, my guy today is an offensive lineman. And I'm uh, 
I'm a little frustrated because I thought, okay, I got, we got a guy that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. And then like just a couple hours ago, Jordan Reed on Twitter put out a tweet about him. And I'm like, no, stealing my thunder. But uh, Jordan Reed does a great job and actually just makes me feel even better about it. But Arizona State Center, Donovan West is my prospect today. Um, good size at 6'3 for the center spot. Also has experience at both guard spots. Room to get stronger as well uh, in that frame. And he's a scheme fit, guys, because he's got good mobility to the outside. I think he'll fit a outside zone running scheme. Uh, pretty impressive college career, actually, in my opinion. Never uh, missed a start until the bowl game this past year because he finally had to have thumb surgery, an injury that he basically played with through all 29 of his games, or at least going back to his freshman year. Um, and he was supposed to redshirt as a freshman. They needed him to play week one at center, a position he had never played before. He did it. Uh, he ended up playing a couple games there and then 11 games at right guard, spent the 2020 season at left guard, and then finished back at center last year. So versatile on that line would give the Bears some uh, options. Now, I think he's probably best suited at center. Shorter arms would be the knock on him while he's going a little bit later. Um, and I guess you got to check the medicals on that thumb surgery to make sure everything's good. But for a guy, if you're not talking about the second round, which we've spent a lot of time talking about possible offensive linemen in the second round, I think this is a guy you could get potentially maybe even, I mean, I've seen fifth round even thrown out there. Um, I think probably fourth round again, bears don't have a fourth round pick, but if they can move back and get one, that might be a guy that you try to target in the fourth round to address that uh, giant hole. Quite frankly, they still have at right guard. So maybe that, maybe a draft pick like that could kick, kick Lucas Patrick over to guard. They'll have to work that out, but uh, interesting prospect that I, I think you can get some value with later on. So he's someone, Adam, that you're looking at if he falls to the fifth round as an option, not someone that the Bears should, you know, if they don't move and they stick with their picks, like in the third round, that's still a reach. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think with those shorter arms, there's 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 a reason why, you know, Linderbaum and um, uh, the Nebraska center you broke down yesterday, too. We'll go earlier. Jurgens, yeah. Yeah, Jurgens, Cam Jurgens. So, um, but I'm also trying to keep my eye on because we keep I keep thinking about this Fr that Friday. We're going to have a great draft show. I'm really looking forward to to doing it next Friday as the Bears are making their pick. There's going to be drama because there's going to be a position <laughs> that the fans and probably us, too, are freaking out about them not addressing. Like if they go with that three technique with the first pick and then. Corner. Be, Say it's a corner. Yeah, if they if go it's a corner, corner then, people then lose everybody's it. going to be losing their minds. So it's but the point is, it's whether it's wide receiver or even corner or O-line like there's going to be somebody they pick like in the fifth round, or I'm really hoping they can add a fourth rounder mm -hmm. by training back somewhere. If they get that extra fourth round pick, they're going to address like one of those spots later. They're just going to have to, they have too many needs to fill them all with those first three picks in the top 71. Um, so I'm just kind of looking at some of those guys and I, and I feel like Donovan West, uh, Mr. West, I'll call him uh, fits that fits that spot. Maybe a little bit later on. Friday's going to be fun, uh, like you said, because I, I'm working on an article like ranking the Bears' needs. And like you said, like once you get away from maybe like some of those mild needs, 
a lot of them become urgent and they can go in so many different ways in this draft. So I can just see all of us there, you know, Oh, let's go with this position. No, they need to go here. And depending on how the board falls and one of us, you know, or maybe all of us like, no, it's time to trade down and get more picks too. So it's just, it's going to be in, like you said, Adam, like no matter what happens, if they trade down, whatever position they go, there's going to be a segment of the fan base that is not happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, real quickly, guys. Like, Brand- yeah, there we go. Thank you, Lauren. Like, why is Nick wearing a box? It's it's my old, like, bold jacket from my dad. Like, this <laughs> a boxing. Is, I mean, a, a boxing? I, I don't know. Like, but no, you got to rep the. It does kind of look like that when it's cut off. <laughs> All right, so I just got to make sure this is up up here. But see red, you guys. Big game tonight. So got to got to represent the Bulls right now. I was hoping, awesome. you know, Lawrence could have came in with like the Rocky song, like da da da. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna hum it or anything, but that would have been perfect timing. It would have been. <laughs> How big is that? What size is that jacket? That's a good question. This is an actual starter jacket. Yeah. Take is that like off. from the How 90s? Um, probably. All right, we're stripping here. It's okay. This is happening. Well, you um, this is. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Oh, it's only a medium. Oh, really? I just swim in a medium. I, I feel like sizes back in the day were a little bit bigger. They're baggy, right? That was kind of the, yeah. the look. The baggy style. I got gotcha. you. Um, yes, I see you. Hashtag seared. We're just going to have to keep that going. <laughs> Hashtag seared. We're going to get that clip tonight, so we'll be good. Okay, great. Can't wait for that. Um, all right. Yesterday, while we were watching that glorious practice at Hell's Hall, the CHGO Sports Podcast led by Kevin Kadick was having a uh, uh, an all-time Chicago Bears draft. They even brought our guy... Greg Bragg's in for the for the mm-hmm. draft, which I was excited about. Uh, Jake Flanagan, our GM, was also involved, and Herb Lawrence. So you see those names: Herb, Jake, Greg, Kevin. Those are the the crew that were involved. Very enjoyable to listen to or watch. So it is in your podcast feed. It is on YouTube for you to check out if you want to hear their reasoning. But we are now the draft analyst for this thing, and we have to break this down. Starting with guys that number one overall pick. From Herb Lawrence. I got a lot of love for Herbie. And he goes Dan Hampton over Walter Payton. Your thoughts? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, that's um, questionable. Very, very questionable. Walter Payton is just, it should be number one all the time. Every single time. But, yeah, Herb thought differently. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, another advice would be stick to baseball. Uh, but, no. Uh, Herb's a great guy, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just has a real big like affinity for Dan Hampton, like some affection there, but passing on Walter, just, I just have to shake my head about it. There's like no other, I guess, response needed than what is he doing? So I will defend him a little bit. I'm not going to give away everyone's rationale for all these picks because it's all in the podcast and it would take way too long for us to go through them all. But He's th- so the way the draft worked is you you picked one person in every position um, and only one old lineman and only one D lineman and only one corner, you know, mm-hmm. one linebacker. And so his thinking was the Bears have had so many good running backs. True. That he could get one later. Um, and so he was like, I'm just going to grab and it, who, in his opinion, was the best member of that defense the 85 bears and went with Dan Hampton. That was his logic. So Jake 
got Walter Payton to fall to him at number two, which is pretty cool. Now, I want to fast forward a little bit. You guys can feel free to jump in with anything you see here. But Kevin reaching for Mike Ditka in the second round. Again, his logic was not a lot of great tight ends. Take care mm -hmm. of it early. But look at Greg Olson going in the fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I will defer. Maybe we need to bring Lawrence on in this one. He probably saw Mike Dicka play. Um, is is Greg Olson better than Mike Dicka as a tight end? Not cool. Sorry, man. <laughs> um. I'm not going to say that I saw Mike Ditka play, but, uh, you know. I know you didn't see Mike Ditka. I did see Greg Olson play. Did you guys see Greg Olson play? I did, yes. I yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe some of our uh, commenters said, I don't know, we'll have strong opinions on that. I just thought Ditka was a little bit of a reach with the fifth overall pick. I also did. Okay. Good. Yeah, you were there. Sure after you guys. <laughs> what That's was true. that? Yeah. I said you were there for the draft, so you can. Yeah, you I know. mean, honestly, like. Come on, like the Hampton thing. I love Herb as well. You know, we share a last name and a first name. Um, and like, you just got to go with Walter. I don't care that I can get, you know, another running back later. It's it's Walter. You know, this yeah. isn't this isn't fantasy football where running backs are, you know, come mm -hmm. and go. This is Walter Payton we're talking about. So that was a little disappointing to start the draft. But hey, it made Jake's team look pretty good. If, if you ask me, I think Jake uh -huh. won. Mm -hmm. Well, his I reaction agree. was hilarious. He was like, I I was listening to the podcast, so I couldn't see the video, but I'm sure he was just like jumping up and down. Like he sounded like he wanted to run to the podium and throw yeah. Walter Payton's name yeah, he, in there. <laughs> Although later, later in the pod, he was, uh, and this is actually, he was helping with building the graphics. There was a lot of graphics to do. I bet. And uh, so he, he didn't have his notes with him. So we almost skipped him like the Vikings a couple, couple of uh, <laughs> eighth round. Oh, but, uh, yeah. We ended up not doing it. Uh, Mule, Mule Skinner's a Ditka guy. Um, there you go. Yeah, Mule Skinner. Okay. For Jake's class, like, which position was Hallis? Because didn't he play, like, end? Like, which is very, you know, vague, and uh, football's more Ironman back then. And I, I also see, that. like, McMichael on there. And oh, hold on. Let I'm me lose curious. that comment. Sorry there, Mule Skinner. Let's I mean, they get a hell here. of a coach. Uh -huh. <laughs> was that his? That was in round five. Like, end? Did Hallis play tight end at all? Would, would it be tight end? Uh, there's just no, I look for film on Hallis. It just for some reason that wasn't available. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, yeah. I, people's iPhones back then were terrible, but you know, I, I think, I think it was tight end. I'm not sure. Okay. Honestly. And then who's George Ooh. McAfee. I forget that guy as well. So I'm not really positive of who went where, but well, the next one I wanted to address is, is just to me, a bad business decision. Okay, so so you see it's a snake draft. If you're watching on YouTube, you could see this. For those of you listening to the podcast, you get to the end of the third round, turning to the first pick of the fourth round. Kevin had both of those picks, okay? Mm -hmm. And he takes Jay Cutler and then Olin Krutz, okay? Now, you had back-to-back -back picks, so... I'm just saying, if it were me, I would have taken Olin first. But I guess Kevin can explain that to Olin in person <laughs> on Monday when Olin returns. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Well, really... I think Olin replied to that, too. Uh, I think he replied to your tweet, Adam. Yeah. He said, always go QB first, figure everything else out from there. So yeah. maybe Olin understand, but I'll let Kevin. I think there was some sarcasm money. in that tweet, though. <laughs> I think there was. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Other also, thoughts I have, like Patrick Manley for Kevin. Like, if you're going with a special teamer, I, I get Devin. He can give you some points. I, I get going with like a Robbie Gold, but like, what's Manley going to do? Like, I, I love him. He's a great guy, but like, eh, it, was his, th- it was his last pick. He was kind of losing at that, but we were about an hour 10 into the podcast. Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. We can't knock the long snappers. Yeah. Well, I'm not most... locking it. I'm just wondering, like, if how this draft is laid out. Like, I don't know he, how the value. He didn't. Lies. He was actually asking Chad about who he could take from that special teams position, <laughs> and people were suggesting Johnny Knox, and he's like, "I'm not. I just can't take Johnny Knox." And then someone said, "Manley is like, sure, I'll go with Manley. We love Patrick Manley." So Manley is a top 100 he, bear, or he should I, be. I forget I if he was or was or should have been. Manley has a beer, right? Doesn't he have the uh, long snapper he IPA? Does. It's so pretty go. good mm-hmm. too. And, you know, Kevin likes his IPAs, so there we go. As Makes do I. sense. It fits. Yeah. All right. That was that was pretty cool, though. I enjoyed that. Uh, so I encourage our listeners to check out the yeah, CHGO Sports Podcast if you haven't already. Um, yes. Seared. Got a seared tonight. Hashtag seared. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> can't wait Bye, to leave. Um, we will be at Third Rail Tavern tonight, 7 o'clock, for the Bulls-Bucks game. Um, and we'll hopefully be hashtag searing there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to be a little late, which is hopefully it's not too crowded in there. Just but looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Just again, really looking forward to being around Matt and seeing just his just just his reactions the entire entire game. Because it's going to be a roller coaster ride. Yeah, uh, which you could usually see on Twitter if you're following the CHGO Bulls account, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. All right, got a quick message from our friends at Points Bet Nick, and then uh, we'll jump into. I just have thoughts on a quarterback that we need to talk about. Yeah, so if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And just a reminder that you can get all of our written content. Nick has observations up from all three days of Bears minicamp at allchgo.com. I'll have a Big Ten Bears things column coming Monday. I guess I could tease this. Um, I am going to do the dream Bears mock draft in my Bears things column on Monday. So... That's another way of saying I am going to ignore all like the uh, <laughs> the position rankings and everything. Yeah, and just like if you just it. set out the best case scenario of how everything could fall, that mm. that would be how it's going to go. 
and I'll be somewhat realistic. All right. Like I'm not going to have, I think we're past the point where Chris Olave is going to fall to number 39. Okay. Um, but that'll be in there. I'll have some observations um, coming from, that was a timely comment from Joseph there. Olave ain't coming to <laughs> Chicago without some sacrifice going forward. That's true. Um, so, That'll all be in the Bears Things column coming up on uh, Monday on allchgo.com. That's where you have to be a member, and please go sign up, be a member. You get a free shirt when you become a member, and you get access to the Discord, the CHGO Lounge there. And remember or not, you can go to our website and order some of these shirts like Nick is wearing right now. Will, what does your shirt say today? Oh, it's a Naruto shirt, if, if you know Naruto, Adam. Uh, and if not, we, we can have a great conversation when I'm in the city next week. Okay. Uh, uh, but real quick, too, about becoming a member. I don't know if anyone else has done, like, math exercises, but if you sign up for the annual membership, it's, like, it's 25% the cost of Netflix a month. Like, uh, one quarter the cost of go. Netflix. And you're supporting local journalism, us covering these teams and CHGO. And I think for, you know pennies on the dollar compared to the Netflix prescription. I think you're getting a, a little bit more value here uh, for sure. But just wanted to let people know like that and put in some context. Yeah. Well, it's a good point. Will. Um so it's all there for you. And we're going to start doing more and more like this event tonight that we're all excited about. So come see mm -hmm. us tonight at third rail tavern. Okay. Nick falls. <sighs> He's a guy. What is your favorite Nick Foles game? Like, what's the, what is, what, how would you define the Nick Foles game? Like, which one are you picking? It's got to be the first one, right? When he jumps in for the Falcons and he's wearing the visor initially, and I don't yeah. think he ended up wearing it in the game. And you're like, oh, Nick Foles is about to do damage here. And he did. He got the Bears back into that game and, you know, comes back after Trubisky gets benched. And I think that's the one game where, you're like, okay. And then it kind of never amounted to that hype since then. Oh, there we go. You know, run to the L. See, mirroring cameras. Yeah. You just never know which mm -hmm. way to yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> I think he wore the visor in the first drive, and then he ditched it. Yeah, okay. something like that. So I, for some reason, think of the Seattle game last year. Because it got to the point where, like, you forgot he was on the team. And then he just comes out of nowhere, snowy day in Seattle, which is just weird, Christmas. And just like classic Nick Foles, like don't care. Mm -hmm. Don't care how bad this team is. Don't care who I'm throwing the ball to. Uh, who caught the ball in the end zone again on the two-point conversion? It was uh, was that Marcus Bird. Goodwin? No, it was Bird. It was Demir Bird. Bird. Yeah. Right? Like what, what did Demir – like Demir Bird made two plays in Chicago – Basically, That's he had the, the big play against the <laughs> Packers, the, the catch and run. And then he makes that incredible catch in the end zone. And it's just like Nick Foles. Of course, he's just going to go into Seattle and beat Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. And that wasn't a good Seattle game um, or team, I should say. But still, it was kind of an impressive performance. And then he just goes back to the bench. We don't see him. <laughs> um, someone else brought up to on Twitter the Buccaneers win. That's mine. Yeah, go ahead, Will. Yeah, I mean, obviously that game is more, I think, predicated on like the defensive effort and what they were able to do to Tom Brady. However, if Foles is in the quarterback, like does the defense play to that level? Because Foles is the Brady killer. Like we know this. And 
up until that point, the Bears never beat Tom Brady. Like that's something in my lifetime that I knew each and every time we played the Patriots, and then of course with the Bucks. Like there's like Brady beat you know every team, and the Bears they couldn't do it. And Nick Foles was the quarterback to find a way for the Bears to you know beat Tom Brady at least once in his career, and I'm thankful for it. So that is like why one of like that's the game. And again, like he's someone that can beat Tom Brady every time apparently, and he won't get his hand shaken, and it's a whole story. But but for me, that's why, you know, that's a game that I always remember about the Nick Foles. I'm not going to call it an era, but his time here in Chicago. Okay, so here's my point. This is a franchise plagued with awful quarterback play. And I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that Nick Foles played well in some of the other games we're not talking about right now. But how many quarterbacks that have played for this franchise could say in a two-year stint with the team that they had three games like that where you like actually have somewhat of a debate between them of like, which was that like Nick Foles game. So yeah, I'm just put, trying to put that in perspective of like the full franchise. I'm not saying the Bears should keep him or anything like that. That's not the point. It's just like, let's have some, I just don't know that there's an under more underappreciated player in the NFL than Nick Foles. And somebody had a good comment up earlier that was like, he's like the one hit wonder. And then you, but you don't want him taking over the whole show. I, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Joseph put it on there. Foles is a one hit wonder. He could play or fill in for the band time to time. But when he has to go main stage, it's like a, Creed concert in Hard Rock. <laughs> you know, like, but this dude has a Super Bowl MVP. He he did kind of go main stage with the Eagles that year, and I realized that was a long time ago, but he just, yeah, Nick Foles still waiting for the handshake from Tom Brady. That's another mm-hmm. thing, like, he can't even get respect from, from Tom Brady because he's, he's like his kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Like, that's another thing he has on. Like, Nick Foles' resume, if you write it out the right way, pretty impressive. Like, impressive. That's a good way to put it, like, resume, because, like, you, you put your resume out there. You're not always giving the full context, but as long as you're not lying, right, you, you want to make yourself look impressive. Nick Foles could put a great resume out there that is still accurate. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, you put that at the top, you're like, Okay, you have my attention. Like that's <laughs> that's how you do it. But you know, it was funny too, Adam. In yesterday's press conference, there was a question asked about Nick Foles, and then I think like minutes later, there's a he tweets out like family vacation because he wasn't at the, the voluntary mini camps. But Nick Foles, he, he he's aware of what's going on and things like that. But yeah, you put those things at the top of the resume, and you're like, okay, Adam, I haven't answered your question. Like, what other quarterback? It's very similar in terms of like a guy didn't play a lot. Josh McCown, like he had some yeah. games. I remember yeah, yeah. him taking down Green Bay. Uh, some of that throw against, you know, the Vikings with Alshon Jeffrey and that catch along the sideline. Yeah. That big Monday nighter against Dallas. Uh, I think it's like a, you know, a crowning moment. I think he had like, what, three, four touchdowns in that game. And Josh McCown mm-hmm. that season, like when he had uh, playing time, like he was throwing over 350 yards every week. That's the defense couldn't stop anybody that year. So if we had an adequate defense, I think his time in Chicago would be be remembered a little bit differently. I think in that game against the Cowboys, Josh McCown had like a garbage time touchdown of Marquise Wilson right at the end. I think I'm getting that right. right. And I won my fantasy uh, semifinal game on that play 
which you're asking me why I would have been like, I'm basically streaming Marquise Wilson in the flex spot, like just hoping for that exact thing <laughs> to happen. And it did. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. <laughs> so shout out to Josh McCown. That's a good point. Josh McCown kind of being in the, and, and like similar situation too, where like he, Nick Foles was behind Mitch Trubisky and then they bring in Justin Fields. And then he's like, and that's kind of how Josh McCown, like Josh McCown probably didn't really get the full respect that he deserved while he was here because everybody was just like, you know, Jay Cutler's Jay Cutler's the guy. I yeah. raised my hand was part of that. Like I was always one of those people. I was like, ah, oh, mm -hmm. Jay's better. Jay's better, you know, and thought they made the right decision there. And then you find out these stories later and you hear about how like Chris Ballard, if he got the job, was just going to move on from Jay Cutler right away. And there were others too that had that same sentiment. You're like, okay, that's why they're the football people. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I don't think Nick Foles is ever getting the handshake from Tom Brady. Um, maybe someday they'll be smart enough to do like a, a good social media bit on that. Cause Brady's really stepped up his, his social media game. And that could be something really well done at some point when they want to do that. Didn't he just make a TikTok? Like, I, I, like, wasn't there a viral video going on like two days ago where he's like, what are you doing? And he's, I think he's like, I don't know, doing some song. And he's like, what are you doing? It's like nothing. But Brady was making yeah, Tom Brady's. Yeah, I believe so. So Brady's been since he's gone to the Bucks. It's like the likability. If you didn't like Tom Brady before, and I always have now, you it's hard not to. It's hard not to because of how what he does now. Yeah, it's it's impressive. And I, I think, you know, I, I like I'm like a marketing guy. So like I like what he's been able to do with his brand ever since he's went over to Tampa Bay. Like he's so much more personable now and relatable, kind of Manning-esque, right? Like Peyton kind of had that same kind of feel. And we didn't get that in New England. I don't know if that's like a Belichick like thing or just like what their uh what their culture is like over there compared to like maybe being a little bit more loose in Tampa Bay, but uh, like Nick said, like I wasn't like a Tom Brady like fan. Like I respect the guy. I know how great he is, but he wasn't someone I was going to cheer for. But you go to Tampa and like, okay, like I, I get him as a person a little bit more than I did just a few years ago. It's funny you brought up Manning because um, one of the first times I think we sort of saw Brady come out of his shell like that publicly. If you guys have, I don't know if you guys have watched Peyton's places at all, but he did mm -hmm. one with Brady and they went to Jim Nance's house. And play Jim Nance has a par three hole in his backyard. And nice. they like uh I don't want to ruin the whole thing, but it's like even this pulling up to the gate and Jim Nance isn't home or something, and they have to guess the password. Um, like just to get they're the code to get in the gate. And they it's like it's just that they're both like comedians in it. It's really, really funny. So <laughs> um you see Brady kind of come out of his shell there and you know, those guys had their own little rivalry. So maybe there's a day where Nick Foles and Tom Brady can come together for something like that. I don't know. Um, take some questions here at the end of the show to wrap up the week and have a little bit of fun. Uh, this one coming, if you guys were the GM and these guys were available for the same price, who would you trade for? A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, D.K. Metcalf, or Debo Samuel? That's a really good question. That's interesting. And because they're all really good and different receivers too, mm -hmm. right? They're so they have so many uh, different strengths. 
We were talking about Debo yesterday, Adam, and I know we said if he leaves that system, would he be the same? And most likely not. But man, I really like Debo Sam. I especially what he was able to do against the Packers in the playoffs, but just the versatility he provides. If you can if you could somehow get that, you would just have somebody that does everything for you. He makes all those contested catches. So I'm gonna say Debo Samuel, but what about you guys? I'm leaning Debo's way too. Like you said, like I, there's so many ways that he can be utilized. You can line him up in the backfield. You can get him on those jet sweeps, and he's a damn good receiver on top of it all. It's hard to pass up on a guy that's so multifaceted. If you know everyone is on you know the same price, I mean, you can make an argument for like a DK or an AJ Brown to be like a compliment to Darnell Mooney. Like I can have like that's a conversation I, I think would be valuable here as well. I'm gonna go DK Metcalf. I think that he is that kind of big, fast target that the Bears lack and will really make things almost perfect for Darnell Mooney to continue to you know, ascend in his career. I just feel like that's the best fit and the, the biggest need. My, my problem with Debo, I have all the respect in the world for Debo Samuel, but if he wants to get traded because he doesn't want to be used the same way, Mm. then I have concerns about how he's how much success he's going to actually have going forward. Like, I think he's being used in the perfect way for his talents. And instead of like appreciating that he wants to go show that he can just be a number one wide receiver somewhere. And I just have my doubts about that. Wait. So does he just not want to contact anymore? Like in like playing that box? Is that what it, like, I didn't know that was the reason why he wanted out. Well, I th- well there's, there's a few reasons, but I think that's part of it, it was like, he wants to show that he's, you know, we, we've heard a few things. We've heard he doesn't want to really be a running back anymore. He wants to... Wasn't there something he wants to live closer to South Carolina or the Southeast? Something where he's like from? that. Yeah. And then someone say, Johnny says uh, right here in the comment, I worry about Debo's shelf life. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, a lot of wear and tear on a guy. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I think to get the most out of Debo, you got to play him the way... Kyle Shanahan has been playing him. And then, yes, I think it's fair to worry about a shelf like there. So to me, it's a great question. It's a fun question, especially because we don't have to worry about trade compensation the way you phrase the question. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but of those four guys, and being somebody who really appreciates Terry McLaurin too, I'm going to take DK Metcalf. You could slept on too, Terry McLaurin. He's just so consistent. And someone kind of compared him to Stefan Diggs in the route running. I can see that. I could see that a lot with Terry McLaurin, but yeah, he's definitely uh, like, those are just really four good young receivers in this game right now. But yeah, Terry McLaurin, I, I really like a lot too. So I guess that that uh, idea that he wanted to play closer to home was a report. Uh, I'm just checking this out right now. And then he kind of shut it down. Anyway. Regardless, there's a lot out there on Debo and why he wants to trade, and it's uh, an interesting com- conversation. So I don't, I don't know what the truth is. I, I don't think it's really come out exactly why he wants to trade. But uh, for somebody that's having that much success there, it is a weird type of situation. All right, what else we got for questions here before we can get out of here for the weekend? Uh, I know I saw one from Brian Schuster earlier in the show. Are you seeing any difference between how Eberflus and Nagy hold practice? 
Eberflus seems way more detailed than Nagy. The the only thing Adam I can say about what Eberflus does and what he even did these past couple of practices, like he's been very on the offensive side, just mm-hmm. kind of watching. Like he was with the offensive line for a good like 10, 15 minutes in yesterday's practice. But he has made it, I think, a focal point, especially in yesterday's practice, to kind of just watch that side of the ball. But I don't know about the difference. It's way too early to see in voluntary minicamp what he does differently as opposed to Nagy. I don't know if you saw anything different, but that's the only observation I really, really got. Well, I think the one thing that definitely stood out is just how much the defense truly was actually running around the field and hustling, you know, 100%. The example Eberflus gave the other day about the backside defensive end, you know, making sure they they pursue the ball. The whole defense, that's their, that's their thing. Get at least seven guys to the football for a team tackle. That's popped out to me. Um, I also noticed that the offense has been like the exact opposite where it's been very, very slow and methodical, especially in between plays. There's been a lot of time, like way more than the play clock would be. But I think that is probably just a product of them sort of slowly installing Mm -hmm. the offense. I would expect that to pick up when they get to training camp, when they want to try to get as many reps in as possible. So I think that that was probably just more of a byproduct of this being the first mini camp and them installing things. So, um, it's a weird thing. It's a it's a great question that I don't think we have enough information yet in front of us to truly answer completely accurately. I will say there's a, and I talk about this sometimes in the jobs that we have. Sometimes you just trust your instincts or you have a feeling or a vibe. And I would just say this. There's a vibe that I am feeling that just these guys are on top of things. That they're on top of things. I, and it's just like small, again, small sample size of information. I really liked that despite the fact it was barely raining or not raining at all on Wednesday, they went inside the bubble to have practice. Because at some point, you're going to have to do that anyway. And why not take advantage of the opportunity to kind of just investigate your own facilities and see how a practice would run? Because you're eventually going to have to do that. And it's just little stuff like that. that I'm like... It's just it just makes sense. It makes sense. And we're not saying, well, why the hell are they doing this? Yeah, they they the details. They they're really, you know, putting it under the microscope. Whether it's something like that or like Andrew Janoko talking to Justin Fields after every it's like they are really hyping or hype harping on the details and getting that squared away right now. So and I let's see if that and it should carry on as they kind of continue here, but details, details, details. I know I'm not in the building, but like you, Adam, like I'm getting that like a vibe of like, I think, you know, Eberflus can lead a team and a coaching staff better than the previous coach. Like at least what I'm feeling, what I'm hearing, like it seems like you said he's on top of things. I liked when he was talking about uh, the draft and like going to his coordinators like, hey, we're going to go the complete opposite way. Like you make the case to me why we need to be drafting, you know, on your side of the ball just a, a little bit more like fun things like that. Uh, I think are showing like what kind of culture uh, they're going to have. And uh, I know we're running close on time, uh, but before we went live, there was someone asking about our thoughts about, you know, the new tackle to Davenport uh, that the Bears signed. Uh, I think there's a reason why we didn't talk about him until, you know, right here at this exact <laughs> last moment. Uh, but I mean, at least a short, quick synopsis is, you know, he's someone that played for Eberflus, even though he's an offensive guy, but he's, uh, you know, on the same team in Indianapolis, you know, 
career-wise hasn't been great. He's someone that has struggled, you know, in pass protection throughout the majority of it. And I think he's just someone that the Bears can bring in now to be uh, a body that's not Borm or Jenkins. And ideally, they can draft someone to kind of push even like a Davenport, you know, down the depth chart a bit. He may be an okay swing tackle, but I, I think the Bears can definitely improve on it uh, from here as well. I would love for the Bears to get in a position where Borum uh, is your swing tackle. And if they can get there, uh, I think they're in a really good spot. But I think Davenport's someone to, you know, get some reps in uh, that isn't, uh, you know, a top guy or one of those younger players right now to be a second or a third uh, stringer just to be out there on the field. Yeah, well said, Will, because that was another thing that you just sort of saw in practice this week. You're just like, who are the tackles behind Larry Borm? Like, I was talking about Larry Borm and Devin Jenkins, but it's like, then Lachavius Simmons? Like, we saw Lachavius Simmons. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, Davenport, I kind of feel like fills potentially fills that role. Like that's the role he's going to be fighting for, uh, in that he is reportedly signing with the team. I don't think it's, that one wasn't announced yet though. Right. Uh, the bears have not, not announced yeah. it. I mm-hmm. think pro football network came out with the report last night. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. We know he tried out though. Cause that right. was reported mm-hmm. by the, that was on the, the transaction wire, but, um, but yeah, interesting guy to potentially bring in we'll see, uh, if that deal gets finalized, probably a physical and things like that involved, um, which is important. We learned this. We've seen that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, guys, next week is a big week. Nunu wants that jacket, Nick. My dad wouldn't be happy, so I can't do it. Nunu. Sorry about that. He's not giving it up. Um, draft week. It's here. All in Kurtz is back. We are going to actually have six shows for you next week with the draft. So yeah, I think Nick just found that out um, with his reaction. (laughs) Uh, And we're going live with the picks, all kinds of stuff coming your way. We have a mock draft show coming for you, a special show that we're going to be doing in the middle of the week. Ryan Poles talks on Tuesday. Olin Krutz is back. So next week's going to be loaded. Appreciate all the support and all the love. Keep the peace on Twitter, everyone. All right. Just keep the peace. Keep the boss on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Nicholas Moriano at Will DeWitt. The L's are ones. Follow him there and at CHGO underscore sports underscore bears. If you want to come out tonight, third rail tavern, come see us. Bears, Bucks, watch party. Go Bulls. We'll talk to you then. Seared. <laughs>